Attention. The National Weather Service has issued a hurricane warning for the entirety of the National Hockey League. Please stay tuned for further information from the Storm Cellar. Welcome back to another edition of the Storm Cellar. Not a, it's not a must-win. It's too early in the season for a must-win, but it, as good as Philadelphia's playing, I felt like last night they needed to pull it out. And my gosh, Marty Natchez, that just amazing. How you feeling after last night's game, Ray? Um, <laughs> it seems funny to it seems funny to be critical when you're on the right side of the ledger, and I'm very much like a couple of the people that were interviewed after the game, uh, Burns, Burnsy interview at, after the game, and Bo- and Rod after the game, both said that was a uh, ugly win, and I would say hashtag fugly, even. That's, I think it was unbelievably bad. Burns' comment on his goal, I think, summarized the game. I just closed my eyes and shot it. And yeah. It's like, yeah, that's kind of how I feel about the whole game. I just kind of closed my eyes, and I'm glad we won. Did he not sound apologetic that they won? Did I imagine that? It, that it was, it, he, it was almost apologetic. Yeah, you know what? We probably didn't deserve to win that one, but we won. Hey, here we are. Right. We like no mercy. It was just like, yeah, a, a little, a little on the apologetic side. And I understood it because, and I can't, what I'm trying to decide is if it was the canes just being out of sync and not being that tight, uh, right and tight that we've seen all last season for the most part. And what we kind of expect or if it was the flyers playing great hockey under Tortorella and who are buying into what he's going out there and whether they asserted their will on the Canes. It was, it was tough to say because a little bit of both, right? I mean, the the flyers I think have exceeded all expectations to start the year. They they sit tied with the hurricanes atop the Metro ahead of, New York ahead of Pittsburgh. Matter of fact, all the Metro teams are above 500 except for Columbus. Isn't that something, eh? So, so you have that aspect. And, and, you know, Twitter being Twitter, where the Hurricanes were up 2 0 and then go down 3 2, and Facebook and Twitter just went ballistic, right? Sure. And what's funny is, okay, we're eight games in. The Hurricanes are 5 2 and 1. They got seven out of 10 points on the road. That Islanders loss was just ugly all the way around. Yeah. But the guys played, that was like the fifth game in like three weeks. So they haven't had a chance to get into the rhythm of a season yet, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And yet they're still sitting on top of the Metro. The only team better than them league-wide is the Bruins, who are off to an 8-1 and one phenomenal start. I mean, I don't know how they've managed that without Marchand, uh, you know, until you know that he's coming back. But oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah, he they're 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 doing something good in Boston. They're playing really, really well, strong all around, and they're just uh the class of the league right now. That's the way they've been playing. And and to do so with all the injuries is stunning. So they're off to a great, great start. They're certainly and the Bruins usually uh standard, right? Standard, good, right. solid team that are gonna be working hard all the time. 
I, it was funny, you know, uh, I'm going to reiterate something that uh, trip Tracy had said yesterday about last night's game. It, it's like the, uh, it's like last night's contest and the hurricanes were on a fulcrum. Either they win and they find themselves on top of the Metro and they're, you know, whatever, or they lose and they've lost four of their last five games. Isn't that, it's so wild, right? Like how just one result can be which way you are either right where you need to be or holy crap guys, we really got to get our, get our act together. And and that's what people need to remember is the hurricanes are not playing well, right? We're going to talk about some issues here next. Yeah. They're not playing well. They're still five, two and one. They're still beating teams, right? You know, they, 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 the Islanders game. I don't know what happened there. You know, we, I, I, that was, that's a trap game, right? Home game. You're up, but you've been off for like four days. I mean, exactly. Yeah. That was the, that was the thing that stuck with me. And it was, you know, um, they always say that first game back, we, we even uh, touched on it just a little bit. That first game back after a long, a lengthy road trip. Not necessarily lots of games, but how much time you were away. That first time back can be, uh, you know, just a little bit off, right? And the, to a man, everyone said that after the Islanders' uh, debacle, I can call it, I think. That's accurately, fair. Um, they were all glad that they were hitting the road right away to play back-to-back game and get get at it. And even so, even though they were glad to get back, they still, there's not that connection that we see. There's, there's, there's issues all around, even though we're on top. And I think uh, it still feels good. It's, we're still in a good, we're still in a good place. Um, I'm wondering about the step on injury. Uh, yeah. That'll like a, maybe a wrist. Yeah. And those will, uh, those will certainly take time. I don't know what their plan is or who they wish to bring up, insert, put where. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's Jack oppor- Jury season. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. Be nice to have him up and have have a look. See if he can inject a little bit of uh, life for the players around him, namely uh, Mr. Stastny. Like that's, yes, he, uh, he. I think he won like sixty something percent, sixty three, sixty seven percent of his faceoffs. Yeah. But outside of that, not seeing a lot going on there. Which yeah, is, at exactly. least at least Nason is like you know, parked in front of the net and 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 quietly racking up the points. So. He is well, and that's that's the uh, the joy of Rod putting him on the power play because they know that's exactly. He seems to know that's exactly what he likes to do, and he does go to the front of the net. Um, and look at that transition we made beautifully into some of the issues that we need to talk about, namely power play and penalty kill. What's, what's your take on this uh, situation with our specialty teams? If you want to be a good team, they got to be <laughs> right and tight, and I don't know that we're there. We're not, and... and- Penalty kill is more concerning to me a little bit 
because it's been so good for so many years. And, and they're at 80%. It's not terrible. You know, last no. year, had they hit 90%, that would have been a record. So it's not like it's horrible, but it doesn't look right. I think a lot of that comes to do with the scheduling again. Right. Burns was at a place, you know, he and Slavin were both behind the net on, I think it was the third Philly goal last night, yeah. things like that. That's just a matter of, of playing eight games in the first month. And that's kind of, you know, with, with big delays in there, they, they need to get into, as I normally don't like back-to-backs, but I'm really hoping to see some, you know, three games in five days, four games in five or six days coming up because I think they need that to gel. The power nope. play. So power play percentage right now is 17.2%. Mm. It, it, it looks better. Like, it, like if you don't look at the percentage, if you don't know, it looks better. They're moving the puck a lot better than they have been. But it's all perimeter. They're, they're not getting pucks in there and, and you know, and, and really taking advantage of guys like Nason who are willing to go to the front and pay the price. I like seeing Burns because his slapper is so hard. Like they're getting rebounds on that, but you gotta you gotta translate that, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. I, go ahead. Just real real quickly. Um. So net power play percentage. Um. For those who don't know, is basically you factor in power play goals and shorthanded goals. Okay. So shorthanded goals are like a minus one is the way to think of that. Sure. And, and we've given up a couple shorties. Our net power play, if if you include the the shorties we've given up. Mm-hmm. Is only clicking at ten percent. Yikes! That, that's abysmal. I mean, seventeen is bad. I mean, seven. Well, yeah, seven. Ah, yeah, I'm going to say seventeen is not good, right? Yeah. To me, once you get below twenty, that's starting to look ugly, especially with the five on three the other night that they couldn't score on. Well, but when you yeah. add in shorties and you realize that the power play, <laughs> it's only really clicking at about ten percent. Like, holy smokes! Yeah, that's and something has to change. It does. Now look, the five on three. And you said it, and you're accurate about it. If you can't score on a five-on-three in most games, you probably deserve to lose. I mean, that's just... In fairness, it was more like a five-on-two-and-a-half because one defender didn't have a stick. Yeah. It and was... I don't have a sand for a five-on-two-and-a-half, right? <laughs> exactly, yeah. And I, wa- I, I watched it, and it's funny. It was really disappointing, but there was a little bit of hope in how... It looked very dangerous, and they had a lot of shots and a lot of opportunities, and the Islanders were just doing a great job with their penalty kill. It's uh, And uh, penalty kill, which is at 100%, by the way, unless they, uh, unless they gave up one uh, last, last night, night to uh, the I'm Avalanche, looking. I'm not sure, but they were at 100% during that game. And you could see the pressure that they were putting on was fantastic. The with the Hurricanes, when they score, it is a very pretty goal. The execution that they do, like so they're just beautiful opportunities and great finishes. They're not there's none of those dirty power play goals on a rebound and stuff they're like beautiful tic-tac-toe passes there's like it's just unbelievable right so it looks great when it's working and 
when it's when when it's when it's not it's they're just missing the passes and stuff like that you can still see they're trying to work it all out and and brad of course the number cruncher he goes out there and and uh fills in beautifully by giving us details abs did go one for two on the on the power play against uh against the islanders last night in their uh 5-4 loss to new york but uh so so look the islanders aren't 100 percent anymore but they were giving a perfect example of how to shut down those power plays you know what i mean dad first of all sorokin see is, why does it why is it to me that sorokin seems to have uh the canes number he's been difficult for the canes mm-hmm. to score against in the past and uh their penalty kill was great, just great pressure. They timed, they timed their attacks on the puck handler just beautifully. They didn't get out of position. They didn't get tunnel vision on the puck and and vacate certain areas, leaving wide open opportunities. And that's something that the Hurricanes have been doing. I think uh, you could tell that um, Burnsy and Slavin, they're still trying to figure out what they like to do and how they like to handle certain situations because like as you pointed out earlier there's been a few times where both defenders go to the back of the net and suddenly it's wide open in the front and they've been made to pay every time every time it's Mm -hmm. crazy so um you know it's it's something that they something that they need to work out but um and i think to a man no one's satisfied with really anything even though they are where they are you know in the standings i don't think anyone's satisfied they know they can play a better game and that it, i can that's the yeah. that's the culture that rod has created yeah i'm going to throw face offs in there too you know, last night, uh, 52% for the Flyers, 49 you know, with rounding errors for the Hurricanes. That's been another area where That's not, something, not yeah. as good as typically are. I, I still think it's just too early in the season for these guys to have gelled and, and to really be clicking on all cylinders. Mm-hmm. Um, if this goes in, you know, if we see this in another month or so, then I might have some more concerns. But I'm, you know, I'm. We're seeing some things that are ugly. They're still finding a way to win. And, mm-hmm. and that's probably the best takeaway this early in the season. No question it is. No question it is. Can can you win the ugly games? I mean, the fa- I, I just like that they're aware of, even though they're sad, they have the result that they need, that they have to fix the problem. Because there are those who might say, as long as we're winning, I don't care. Right, you know what I mean? Right. Like and and at that at that point, you don't you gotta be self-aware and always trying to be better, fix the tiny problems and stuff. Are you are they playing a perfect game? No, but they are winning and they're doing well. Um speaking of doing well, I can't even tell you how glad I am, and that that should be. It should be the hashtag that stays with this band for a long time. Keep shooting, Martin. Keep shooting, Martin. Martin, rather. I should say his name right. Natchez. 
man oh man on fire it right he's 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 playing fantastic hockey and we're getting you know i i saw him do it again that the back pass to no one and stuff like that 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 still happens you still see it and you're going oh oh that's marty but you know what when he he rescued that game last night with that shot and he did it beautifully using i think it was sandheim who was uh in front of him so he even got used the defender as a uh, screen and beautiful release that release that was barred down good good lord that that was gorgeous yeah that was gorgeous to watch and and the the mistakes he's making are fewer and, yeah. and you, you don't notice him at much because he's scoring almost a point and a half a game it's, he's at like 1.38 1.39 great which is tremendous right he's i mean he's the canes leading scorer by a point over aho mm-hmm. um with you know because he's got five goals instead of four so man, oh man, Marty Natchez has has taken all that criticism that was laid at his his realistic, like worthwhile, appropriate criticism that was leveled yes. at him last year, yes. and has just decided that you know I I don't know I I feel like he just woke up in the Austin is like I want to be a ten million dollar a guy you know a year guy, and that's yeah. how he's playing. Yeah, well, the, he was handed the the prove it contract, and he said fine. I will. And good for him. Good for him. I keep, keep doing it, man. He, he's working hard. He's skating hard, creating opportunities. And some of those shots, oh, they're just, they're right? glorious. They're just glorious. And it's everything that we have said that he has, that we know he has within him. And now he's making it count. You know what he? So you're a basketball guy. I'm gonna I'm gonna I put am. this right into your wheelhouse, sir. Oh, sweet, love it. Cross pollination. Let's have it. When you see, it, I don't know if you watch any high school basketball, but high school or, or college freshman. When you see a seven foot something college freshman, yep. And you're like, this guy should dominate because he's seven feet tall. Yeah. But they're growing into their body still, right? Their 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 muscles and and mentally have not grown into what they can physically are capable of, and yeah. they look gangly and they look awkward and they look all these things. Marty Natchez is so fast; it's like being oh. it's like being seven feet tall. He's yeah. so quick and his hands are so good. I feel like his brain is needing to catch up with what he's physically capable of, and that's what we're seeing. Uh, right? Yeah. Could that uh, is that a, is that great... is that a fair analogy? I think uh, I feel like that's a pretty fair analogy to what I, we're seeing because he's a year older, another year under his belt. You know, he's mentally a little, you know, a little more there, right? A little more cognizant and you know, a little better about how the game is played. And and he's realizing, you know, last year I could I could I can over you know, I do it here on the show. My mouth works faster than my brain. Mm, sometimes it does. Marty for all. feet. <laughs> you know, can outwork what his brain's able to do. Yeah. And I think, I think he's more in sync now. I think he's able to slow things down a little bit more. And now he's able to, to make those smart decisions and, and, and fulfill, um, you know, to really utilize those skills because some of the goals, the, the, the Brady Shea to Marty Natchez pass. No. Oh. And now number one, you know, Hey, Hey, what do you say? That pass was yeah. just right. I mean, you couldn't have done that any better. No, and he just didn't. buried it. Yep. I mean, 
you know, I, <laughs> it was beautiful. It was I, I'm beautiful. speechless sometimes watching Natchez this year, which is the Natchez we thought we could see. I don't, I don't even know that I thought he could be this good. I wasn't, I mean, he's, he's exceeding the expectations that I was hoping for, you know? I, I, you, you could see everything. He had all the tools. He just had to learn to and become more familiar with them and more confident in himself. And I think there's a, there's a confidence factor involved there where he's now last season when he was struggling, he was, there was a lot of posts, he was making shots and some of those posts and suddenly it was like, he would say, dang it, I don't have it tonight. I'm going to start passing off more. And he would, he would start refusing the great opportunities that he had in light of passing. And that's just something in his head working around and stuff. And that's conjecture. And we're all guessing, of course, what he's thinking, but that's the way it felt Makes when sense. you watched him. Now he's, he's just full of confidence right now. And well, he should be because all of those uh, talents are, are, sh- are coming to fruition. And now one of the things that I think that we all as fans need to remember, and it's hard to remember these players that we are cheering so hard for and love so much. I think we can forget how young they are. And sure. with that youth, they have, it's, it's the one thing youth they have talent and overabundance of skill energy fire they've got all of that but they don't have the experience and there's something to be said for every year that you are able to get under your belt and grow and as long as you're moving in the right direction it, it at some point it'll pop you know what i mean like it'll yep. it'll be there every piece of the puzzle is set Right. And these guys have just masterpieces of puzzles. They are just masterpieces. And once they get all of those pieces fit into place, that's when you see it. And you're like, oh, you know, you know what jumps out at me that's really exciting to see about Natchez's game this year? Hit me. About half of Sveshnikov and Aho's points have been on the power play. They have Aho has 10 points, Svech has nine, they each have four on the power play. So roughly half, right? right? 40%. Of his 11 points, Natius only has two on the power play. The other nine have been five on five. Even he strength. Absolutely killing it five on five. And when, you're, when your power play is not playing well, that's what you need. You need somebody to pick you up and say, I'm going to do this. And he's been that guy. Um, him and Brady Shea and Jordan Martinuk has yeah four points and all four of them have come five on five i've loved what M- marty's work on the on the third line uh i think it's not been as notably it has not been as dominant on the four check and puck control as it has been in the past but they are still putting in the yeoman's effort that you expect from them and Marty getting involved, getting those touches, getting those points that he deserves. I'm loving it. I love it on that line. Again, that third line, we've always said, we, uh, as much as we appreciate the third line being our best and most consistent, we, wa- we don't want it to be the one that we hang our hat on. Right. Let's Absolutely. be able to hang our hat on 
those uh, just un unbelievably talented first two lines. You look at them. Wow. Just and wow. Another quick shout out to our second D pair, uh, Shea and Pecci. Mm-hmm. Plus minus to me doesn't mean a lot unless it's really, really good or really, really bad. Yeah. Those guys are compli- are a combined plus 19. That's wow. Eight games in. That's, that's yeah, that's what we, I mean, that's what you need, right? I mean, you know, they have eight points between them and basically are just not giving up anything. They've, they've been out of position. They've made some mistakes, but it's not costing the team. And it's not a stat I normally would go to. Like I said, if it's, if it's middling, you know, if you're at the end of the season and you're a minus 50, that's a problem. But to be a plus a combined plus 19 this early in the season for two guys, it's just unreal. It, it is unreal. And you know what? I'm going to stay with the defense. And um, I'm going to throw this on the board here because we forgot to talk about it. Something to be addressed. Um, Ethan Bear. Ethan Bear trade. What, what's, your, what's your take on, on this one? Where are oh. you at? Oh, so initially I said that's just robbery van- by Vancouver, which, which was mm-hmm. fine. I'm okay with it. I'm just saying, you know, you could be okay with it and still be like, man, that was just a steal. Yep. When I really thought about it, because I, I said, you know, it's it's bare at two million bucks on a one way contract for a fifth. Yeah, that's the steal. I mean, I, or at least that's a good deal. I thought they could get more than that for bare. They didn't want a player because they don't want the salary. Right. So it was right. just going to be picks. But I thought they could get a third or something. And then the more I thought about it, I said, well, Peterson's in there. And I'm like, Peterson is I'm like, wait a second. Peterson is expected to play with the big club. Peterson's deal is a one-way deal. So he was currently making 750,000 in the minors. Wow. And, you know, typical minor league salary for a guy like Peterson is more like 70,000, you know, right. a tenth. So when you add in the 2 million for Bear of which the Hurricanes retained I think 18%, but then yeah. you add in 750,000 of Peterson's money, that fifth round pick, I mean, I'm how you happy it, it with wasn't it. the steal. I mean, I was already okay with it because I wanted Bear to go somewhere. He's gonna be the third or fourth guy in Vancouver. Yep. You know, he's he's not a bottom pair D man for what they have with, with the injuries they have. But I was happy with it knowing that we might have gotten fleeced a little bit. But now that I look about two million for Bear, you know, seven hundred fifty thousand for for Peterson, we're only retaining eighteen percent. Yeah, four hundred thousand. I don't is what know we that you retaining. can get a better deal. It it, it was a third for Bear would make sense, but then if they're taking on seven hundred fifty thousand of Peterson money, and it frees up a contract for the Hurricanes, because when when Patches comes back, if if the math is right, we're going to have about one point six million in cap space, which means you know maybe maybe making an upgrade. I know I know that Don has said Patches is the deadline guy, right? That is the deadline deal. Right. But you might have a little money if you you might get a little something, right? Yep. You're absolutely right. I thought it was a it was a great deal for all and wishing uh Ethan Bear the best. You know that and again, COVID decimated him last season. More than any other I, player I, we've I, seen, I think. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed his style of play. There are plays that he made that are burned in my memory that say 
it was great to have him on and it was just it was a proof of just how much uh you know that virus stole from him on this team mm-hmm. now he is it I'll, I'll say this Coglin, who was great in the preseason I saw some huge glaring issues and especially last night on a few occasions. And I kind of said to myself, man, bear would sure be nice bear <laughs> instead of him, you know, cause the, is the Han injured because there was talk about him, uh, so. concern about him being on the, like they came on the road or whatever. There was something about him being with the team uh that was said by trip last night and I, I was like i didn't know if dahan is hurt or not it's maybe the reason why coglin has been in these last two games because he has looked out of place and i said if dahan can't be on the ice man bear would have been nice you know what i mean I, I said that to myself last night um coglin he's getting the uh little bit of extra time on the on the power play second unit he's kind of running running it um it hasn't been great i haven't i haven't yep. seen what we saw in the in the preseason and what we're seeing now are almost diametrically opposite yeah I'm, almost- I'm hoping maybe he's got a tweak or something yeah so we haven't seen dehan in a couple of games maybe same thing you know he's he's as far as i know he's not out with an injury but you know, could could just be something's a little sore or what have you. Why not? Yeah, hundred um, percent. Here's something else that I'm throwing on there. So again, we'll settle that, Ethan Bear. Uh, thank you for your service. Good luck the rest of the way. I want to see Good you luck, do well. I hundred percent. Um, I'm gonna throw this on to the board that we didn't discuss about before. That's what preparation is all about here in the storm cellar what do you think of our goaltending tandem they have not been as good as they were last year right one of the reasons i pushed so hard last year to make a deal and to go for it is because those two were playing so well yeah they could have stolen you a stanley cup they could have if the power play had done anything at all in the postseason, those yeah. two guys could have stolen you a Stanley Cup that you maybe truly didn't deserve. And they're not playing bad this year. I don't. I don't want to make that impression, but they're they're playing more like themselves, if that makes sense. Like, I mean, both very very good, but not excellent. And last year they were in that excellent category most all year. Hundred percent. So yeah, I I still all the things that I see though, I still come back and go. Eight games in a month is just not a lot of games, you know, and, and it's not like other teams haven't played as few, right? I mean, the, the Bruins are eight and one, you know, a couple of teams have played nine. I think a few are playing their 10th today. So yeah. it's not a huge difference, but, you know, we kind of was one of the earlier starters in the league and just those, it's just, I don't know. It's just a weird dynamic with that West coast roadie because of the, the state fair that I feel like, I feel like once they get in the season and they get some rhythm to it, a lot of these things will be self-addressed. Uh, and, and a few times, I mean, the goalies have just been hung out to dry. I mean. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, when, when Burns and Slavin are both behind the goal, what do you yeah. want Mata to do? Yeah, uh, exactly. That was difficult to watch. I, I'll tell you this. Um, last year, you didn't see as many soft goals. Those ones that, oh, gee, I really wish I had that one back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Was it and, was the Calgary game when Ronta just wasn't quite up against the post? I mean, that, yeah. What are you going to do? So we're seeing we're seeing those a little bit more now. And I was going to ask and just throw this out there. Ronta's record's great. His numbers are great. He's got, you know, the the win he had, like he's got two wins and an overtime loss, and he just the reliability and that one a one B situation that we have is certainly very nice. Do we have to worry about one guy not getting more of the load? This is the question that we've had in the past, right? Where how much work do you put on goaltenders who have injury issues? to give one a solidified one, I am the number one goaltender status to carry the load in the big games and stuff. How much do we need that? I don't think we do. I think, I think Rod is going to pull some games away from Anderson this year. And I think he's going to spread it out intentionally to give both those guys a little more breathing room, a little more days off, a little more time to recover between games. So it's 2002 hurricane split goaltenders in the playoffs, make it to the finals 2006 yep. split goaltenders in the playoffs, win a Stanley cup. So it's, you know, we don't typically do it all season necessarily, but the hurricanes, I think were one of the earliest teams to go away from a 60 game starter, 20 game backup. You know, it's, it's yeah. always been more even since as far back as I can remember. Um, that they they tended to want to play more than you know they want they wanted to play both of their goaltenders. So I, I I I'm not too worried about it at this point. You know, unless somebody comes down with an injury and and and, and something happens, and even then we have Kachetkov to come you know come up. Who uh, the Wolves have did not start out dominant. They lost their first few games, but they're going to be fine. They're they're, oh, they're yeah. going to roll along. It's just you know it's early, right? My question to you then is is the number one position up for grabs? If you ask me, I would say yes. If you ask Rod Brindamore, he would tell you we don't have a number one goaltender. Uh, yeah, but you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. And right now, looking at the team right now, up to this point in the season, you absolutely need a win tonight. Who's your starter? I'm still probably going with Anderson. There you uh, go. And, and that's it would be, I wouldn't, I, I would call either guy, but I think ultimately long-term, if Anderson can play like he did last year, you are a cup contender. Yeah. And, and Ronta is, I mean, Ronta is going to have to do the same thing. So it, it's, it's such a hard question. I, either one of our guys could start on any number of teams. I think so. I think so. And, and it's, uh, I, I've seen, I've just, uh, the only reason why I put it that way and I ask is just in, in Freddie, I just too many soft, 
too many soft goals. Yeah. And that's just Rontas look sharper for sure. Earlier. Yes, absolutely much sharper. I think long term you need Anderson to pick it up, not necessarily ride. At this point, we were supposed to have a guest. Unfortunately, technology problems kept them from joining us. So we will see you in two weeks on the Storm Cellar. Go Canes! Thank you everyone for tuning in. Ray and I greatly appreciate your support in helping us produce an informative and fun podcast. As always, we'd like to say that we believe hockey is for everyone. Whether you're a Caniac or a bunch of jerks doesn't matter, as we're just a couple of jerks anyway. We would love to hear your questions, comments, and suggestions. We will do our best to answer anything hockey-related. You can reach us by email at stormseller97 at gmail.com. On Twitter, we are at stormseller97. And on Facebook at facebook.com slash stormseller97.